Hello there, and welcome to this episode of the Air We Breathe podcast with me, Heather Sayers Lehman. I'm starting to do some more solo episodes because I really wanted to add more to do's, more action steps. And as a coach, that's really what I help people with is okay, well, this is all great in theory, but how do we put it into play? So that's what we're going to be doing. And I wanted to start out with journaling because I find it's one of the more helpful tools and one that people kind of get stuck on, that it's a bit of a challenge for them. And I've certainly coached people who just could never get it. They were like, "Mm, I just don't want to, but very resistant, which is also telling because then maybe you really don't want to know what's going on on the inside. I have a document. If it's helpful for you, I always like a little worksheet, a little follow along at heathersayerslayman.com backslash journal. And that link is in the show notes. You'll find it there. But then you can download and get a copy of this if that's more helpful as well. I really like to have a visual because I can't remember what I just listened to. So with journaling, when do I find it helpful to use? Well, I think that when it comes to relationship with food, obviously it's very complicated. And I wrote a book in 2014 on emotional eating. I don't really know that that's what I would call it now. I republished it last year because there was a ton of diety stuff in there. And I, I wanted the same supportive content with a little more of a clean slate. So when I talk about emotional eating. I'm really talking about when you know that you're not hungry and maybe you just finished a meal and you still are wanting to eat. So also in the world of a lot of different practitioners have different takes. And there are some people that say, you know what? Emotional eating is fine. Do it. Go with it. And for me, I think that there are certainly times where I know that I just lean into it and like, I know that's what I'm doing. I know that's what's going on. And then I'm, you know, not really interested in changing it. I definitely work with people who do want to change it. And I have wanted to change it for myself. And also, sometimes you're unaware that that's what you're doing. So I think in behavior change, the first step is always awareness of, oh, So maybe you already realized that maybe it's a little bit cloudy of, oh, and I just really kind of define it as eating when you're not hungry. And I don't ever like for that to be in context of weight of like, oh my gosh, look what I'm doing myself. I'm making myself gain weight. I always think of it in the sense that something in you is needing nurturing. Something is needing cared for. And that's something that you're not doing right now. And I I use my children as always as kind of an example, because if one of my sons was really upset, or, you know, maybe just really struggling with anxiety, and they didn't know exactly what was going on, but they were having a lot of feelings and a lot of big feelings, and maybe they were expressing them and maybe they weren't. But I wouldn't say you know what, let's just get you a cookie and then you'll be fine. I also wouldn't say, how about a beer? And then we just don't have to worry about it. Let's go get you a new pair of shoes. Maybe we can hit the casino. I wouldn't try to distract them 
from it. And that's what we do with ourselves all of the time. So it could be mindless scrolling, it could be shopping, it could be drugs, booze, it can be eating. And eating is a lot easier to access. And it's also delicious. So I think when I look at the concept, I want to come to them and either help them unravel what they're going through, be there to listen to them if they just want to talk about it. If they're asking for help, then to be there to give them my advice, again, only if they're asking for it. But you know, really witnessing what they're going through and how can I be supportive? How can I help? So I think of the same model for ourselves because, again, if I'm having a hard time, I don't know that a cookie is going to fix it. Let's just say that I'm, maybe I'm grieving. I've had a loss and obviously I can't fix that. I can't change that but I can change how I tend to myself and how I tend to my feelings because I don't want to dismiss them. I don't want to act like, well, that's not really that big of a deal. And well, it's been this long, so it's not that hard. I think that, you know, going in and sort of being a witness for yourself and being somebody that will listen to you is really, really important. So if you've got the download, it's a little easier to see, but I'm going to walk through what I call the 3D model of journaling. And when I was kind of newer to coaching and started to see like, oh, because again, people are coming to me for health at the time it was very much weight oriented, but also, you know, I was helping if they had type two diabetes or cholesterol or high blood pressure. And there's always a lot of feelings going on. And I think that's one thing that really gets overlooked in behavior change is you're not walking into a neutral territory. It's not like there's no feelings about this. Like, oh, <laughs> It's neither here nor there. Because again, when you're talking about health, there comes a lot of stigma because people love the trope of personal responsibility. Like you've just brought this on yourself when there are usually much larger factors at play. So there's always that piece I think that people kind of, you know, tussle with. But also, if you're trying to make a change, I've certainly worked with a lot of people that maybe don't have a home that is supportive of that change. They might have a partner that is not excited about them changing because they're going to be out of the house more, or they're maybe they're going to change what the family is eating, but it is inhibiting their current lifestyle and they don't like it. So again, now there's a lot of feelings. So I have to deal with the fact that, oh, okay, well, my partner is not even supportive of what I'm trying to do. So again, like a lot of feelings. So when I go through this framework, the three Ds are details, dooms, and desires, and there is kind of a, a method to the madness because what I want people to do again is like to get down into the deep, like kind of nitty gritty of what's going on. This can be done also in multiple ways. I am a pen and paper person. That is my preference. I have always been. I really prefer that. That's not always available to people or their real privacy concerns. Some people have a hard time journaling in an uninhibited way because they're very worried about somebody reading that, which can be actually very real. There are certainly people in the world who would have no couth and would read um, someone's journal gross as that is. So I always talk about like writing and shredding because absolutely you can write it and shred it 
throw it away. You can use kind of like an email. Please don't put anybody in the to line, but that you're just kind of typing it out. Especially this can be helpful in a work environment. If you're trying to look like you're doing something and you're not just like, I'm just processing some hard feelings over here, guys. I'll be back to work in a bit. If you have that type of job where you can, you know, sit down and go through that. So I think are different ways of doing it. And of course, you have to find something that works for you just because, you know, so-and-so said like, oh, pen and paper is better. Well, you know, maybe that's not working for your current situation. So again, keeping in mind, you know, I'm always like what works for me, but making sure it's something that is going to work for you and what works for you, let's just say at noon, might not work for you at 7 p.m. So you're kind of always trying to adjust to your environment. So let's jump into the three pieces here. So details, I think this is always a good place to start because sometimes it's so hard to figure out what we're feeling because of all of the noise of the other things. So this could be, you know, my to-do list for the day, a kerfuffle, an argument that I had, you know, last night or 10 years ago, (laughs) but things I'm thinking about work, if you have kids, things that are going on with your kids. And that might be there are some busyness there or, you know, we actually have some issues and we're worried about what's going to happen. If there's relationship issues, it can be simple things like here's my grocery list or I really got to get an estimate on the roof. I know I've got to get new tires, like really just random thoughts that are kind of like ping, ping, pinging around. This is also a good place where I actually make a to-do list out of this and I will jot these things down at the top of the page and then make sure I write them down on, you know, where I actually keep my to-dos on my calendar. So it can be very beneficial to like, it's kind of, you know, they're like pulling some threads out of the tapestry, but, you know, also getting more organized with your thoughts. So I don't have to ruminate on my tires. I can put it on my to-do list of like, get some quotes from a couple of tire places. So it can be very productive in that sense. So the next part I find sort of the most challenging for a lot of people, and it is our dooms. So the piece of what am I afraid of? What is it I don't want to think about? Like, what is it that is bothering me so much that different parts of me are like, nah, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) We really don't want to think about this. So it can be looking at like different fears, like what are different disappointments that could happen, any bad feelings. And I don't like that term bad feelings, just said bad feelings, but feelings that I have a hard time with. So like myself, I'm very comfortable with anger. (laughs) Like, give me a zero to 10, you know, and I can get really, really pissed off very quickly. But being sad is much harder for me. So I would never call that a bad feeling. It's just a harder feeling for me to access. So really kind of like writing out like, well, in these things that I've been kind of ruminating over, like, what am I afraid of happening? If something has an outcome that I don't like, like, what will I feel about that? And what happens if I feel that way? And are there any like undesirable things? I think a mind like mine, which is uh, very hypervigilant, likes to think of all things that could play out. And that's sort of a old, certainly an old habit, old protective mechanism that I try to not entertain. But my brain says otherwise (laughs) on some days. So I think it can be very helpful, recognize that's what's happening, that I don't need to plan on all of these things, but I can write out some of these scenarios. And maybe it's like, 
I'm seeing this pattern again. And this could be a relationship pattern, it could be a pattern with your kids, it could be a pattern with how you're taking care of yourself or not taking care of yourself, but you're really just bugged by it. So I think rolling through the dooms of like, what is this bad thing that I'm very worried about? These can also be things that very well may happen. So, you know, somebody in my life is very ill and I'm very worried about them either having this long sustained illness. I'm very worried about them dying. Like either way that I can't push away those realities in that certain scenario. So I think it can be really helpful to write through what I'm fearing, write through what I would feel and really not fool myself that nothing's happening or everything will be okay. Uh, I think that toxic positivity in general is so pervasive in our culture, especially as women of like keeping your chin up and staying positive and good vibes only or whatever it might be. And I think that is not realistic. Also, I just don't want to live in good vibes only because again, if I'm worried about somebody that I'm close to dying, I would hope that I would be sad. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to be a total sociopath and be like, you know what? It's all good. They're out of pain. Like, no, I miss that person. Like, that is a loss to me. And I need to work through grieving it. So that's the dooms piece, kind of getting into the stuff that is most likely what you are avoiding and just seeing how I can write through that and talk through that with myself. And again, I'm there listening to myself. I'm there witnessing this all for myself. And those pieces can be very hard to access. And I know certainly myself and many other people, if you've ever been stuck, so really depressed, I had PTSD for a while. And that was a really an awful state to be in from a mental health perspective. And sometimes when we start to look at feelings that might surround something like this, it makes us very uncomfortable because we're like, I don't want to go back there. So sometimes we are visiting that space, but it doesn't mean we're going to camp out and live there. It just means we're visiting those feelings. So the last piece, I like to focus on desires. So we've got these scenarios going on, like, what is it that you want? And what do I want to spend my time thinking about? I've got out a lot of like, uh, you know, things that were challenging. So what would I like to create more of in my life? So this could be a conversation I'm talking about in my career. If I have the ability, is it a vacation one of the more important pieces, I think, is looking at the feelings I would like to have. Mine always top are peaceful and content. I do really want to spend most of my time just being pretty chill. I don't like to necessarily be upset. So I really focus on how do I create those feelings? Am I making choices that support those feelings? And that helps kind of inform me on some decisions if I have to make them. And how, you know, another question desires could be like, how do I want my body to feel and perform? So this is in flux a lot. As someone with chronic illness, I cannot do nearly what I used to do. 
in the realm of, I would say, like physical activity and busyness, my body's just like, nope, I <laughs> can't do it. And that's fine. You know, that's something I can write about too, is like, you know, my path to acceptance to that is different. So I think that looking at the things that I want, because I've probably spent a lot of time thinking of things that I don't want, that I don't like, and I'm afraid of, and I don't want to happen. And then like, what do I really want? And again, avoiding the trope of toxic positivity, like, I just want to be super happy, and I don't want to be bothered. Like, okay, well, that's not necessarily realistic. But within all of these things, how can I create more of the feelings that I would like? And those feelings, you know, may vary day to day, they may vary throughout the day. Uh, and they certainly vary like person to person, because some people really want to feel again, like myself, peaceful and comp and content. Some people want to feel competent. Some people want to feel confident. Some people want to feel joyful, happy, there are all sorts of feelings and it may differ day to day because again, you might be overloaded and you're like, oh, more peaceful today. Or you might be feeling like nothing I've been doing lately has really got me jazzed. I feel like I'm just going through the motions. Like, what would I want to feel like? What would it feel like to be kind of passionate about something or excited about something? So if you're in the doldrums, like maybe that's something that you want. And what whatever creates that for me, like, what could I focus on? So putting those pieces together of I'm emptying out my brain with details, just stuff, 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 and maybe getting a little more organized about like what I need to do, the dooms, like, what am I avoiding? And my desires of what do I really want? And again, you know, you don't have to be married to this format. I just find it work, works really well to address, especially the dooms piece. Because again, if I find myself um, eating to numb out some uncomfortable feelings, shopping, drinking too much, I really want to know like, what it is that I need, how can I help myself. So that can be really helpful to take the time to look at those. And again, awareness is the first step, you may find that journaling doesn't actually change your behavior. Awareness is first, and then action comes a bit later. Again, if and also, most people have the same patterns they've had for a very long time. So you're not going to pick up a new journal and have your life change overnight. Sorry, it takes time to kind of chip away and become more aware of what's going on. And as far as time of day or like when you can do this, oh man, that really just depends on your schedule. I like to do it. I'm, you know, I work for myself, so I have the freedom to do it when I want, but I like to do it before I start working because again, it quiets down the noise. It helps me clarify what I need to do that day and kind of sets me on a more positive direction for the day. So I'm not sort of down in the dumps, ruminating about a lot of things. Time-wise, you know, it really doesn't have to be that long. I will set a timer most of the time because I am shiny ball personified and I get so distracted and, oh, you don't forget to do this. And I might have to tell myself, like, jot that on your paper, but don't stop and do this. So five minutes is a great starting point. 
I usually try to do 10. I do 20 when I have a lot going on. If we have some issues in the family, if there's something that's well out of my control and I'm trying to figure out how to cope with it, I will do more like 20 minutes. So again, it's also going back to when I was talking about how I would want to show up for my kids when they have a hard time. If it's just a small conversation, like, oh, man, like, I'm really bummed because I didn't do as well on this paper. Okay, well, that's one thing. And so it could be a lot shorter conversation. But if it's something more of like, I've had these three friends, and now they've just decided like, they don't want to hang out with me anymore. They're actively excluding me. I'm not involved. My kid's really devastated. Well, absolutely. These are longer conversations, and I want to be there for them more. So you can think about your time frame in that way. And in getting started with anything, it's always going to be shorter to start with. Because again, you don't want to just tell yourself like, you're going to sit here for 20 minutes when it's all very new, because that just might not be incredibly feasible for you. And you don't want to create something that you absolutely hate either. So you want something that's going to work in your schedule and feel good when you're done. Like, okay, I feel a little lighter. I feel a little more clear again and not expecting that. Oh my gosh, remember those behaviors I used to have? Remember when I used to have to have like two glasses of wine at night? Like I don't need it anymore. That it might not, you know, change everything in an instant, but it gives you more awareness. So also, again, then if you are upset, and you're just like, I'm stopping by, there's a place that I live by, it's called Pie Snob, and they have a pie vending machine in front of the store. So it is like a old school refrigerated vending machine. I digress. But if I'm like really, you know, sad or upset, and I'm like, you know what, I just would love a piece of pie. I know I've got a cool bit home. That sounds great. Then I understand like, within these conversations, I have brought myself a delicious pie, and I don't need to feel bad about it at all. There is no guilt that needs to be involved. That's part of how I'm tending to myself today. So here we are. It's just fine. I think keeping a mindset that I don't need to flog myself about anything that I've done up to this point. I want to focus on how to support myself in a different way and to be there for myself in a little bit deeper way. So again, don't expect a major swing in your outcomes or behaviors, but hopefully just feeling a little more I would say like warm and connected with yourself because you're being there for yourself and trying to figure out what you need. So again, you can pick up on heathersayerslayman.com backslash journal. You can pick this up. And again, I like to have, I, I print things on a printer. Don't tell anything <laughs> because I'll stick it in my journal and I like to visit it and review and make sure I'm doing doing it in a way that's serving me. So hopefully that helps. And hopefully you can find yourself if you've gotten away from journaling, getting back to it. Or if you're new to journaling, just trying something new. And again, in the vein of being supportive to yourself. That is our episode today. I will see you soon.